Hi everyone, welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. This is Tony, and tonight I am joined by Liza and Crystal. How's it going, ladies? Hey! Hello! Uh, now, you know, we haven't talked to everyone in a while. We've kind of had a little bit of a lull during the holidays and end-of-year stuff. But we're back, finally, and uh, we thought we would catch everyone up with a couple of news stories just to get us back into the flow and, uh, you know, get back into your podcast uh, regimen. So we are here tonight. And uh, why don't we start the news off over in Disney World, where there's something going on that makes Liza very unhappy. Oh, I'm so, so upset. (laughs) Now, I know everybody understands, and we all knew this day was coming. I knew it was going to come. I didn't realize it would come so soon, even though they told me the date that it was going to happen. But Country Bears is no longer. And even on the last show, I guess it malfunctioned (laughs) and the bears decided not to work anymore. And so they just let the guests that were mourning its loss do one final walkthrough and say goodbye to their bears as the cast members sang the songs. And it's so sad in a way. I, I do appreciate that we needed new bears. We needed like, well, they needed a refresher. They needed an update. These bears are worn and tired. They've been rode hard. (laughs) They're just like these poor little dusty bears and some of their eyes. But see, I thought that was kind of funny, though, when their eyes wouldn't all the way shut. and They look kind of drunk and, you know, it was kind of funny. But I'm just so upset and afraid that. They're just going to put some cheesy Disney songs like Jungle Book song or, you know, some kind of a song about the wood. I don't know. And they're just going to sing it with a deep southern twang. And that's supposed to be the comic relief of it. And I'm hoping that's not the case. And I I wish they would keep at least one of the classic songs. I mean, what is Teddy Bear going to do? I mean, is she still around? Like, what are we doing? I'm very. I think think they'll keep them. I think they'll keep the the classics. The 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 good thing is that none of the bears are leaving. So you know, Big Al is back. Trixie's back. Um, The only thing that's that's happening is Liverlips is getting a new name of Romeo McGrowl. Yeah, Um, I don't care about that. Uh, but, uh, you know, as Liza mentioned, uh, what are they going to do? Well, apparently uh, the new the new attraction, which is going to be called the Country Bear Musical Jamboree, mm-hmm. is going to have Disney classics sung in a Nashville style. <laughs> um, but there are going to be references to the original show. And uh, Disney has confirmed that there will be many Easter eggs from beginning to end, including a familiar tunes that many fans will remember. So uh, we we know that not everything's going. Um, Disney did share a clip of a recording session of the Bear Necessities. Uh, So that song will be coming to the Country Bear Musical Jamboree. Um, This change was announced back in September as part of the D23 uh, event. And, uh, you know, like Liza said, we knew that closing date was coming. We knew by the end of uh, January that the, the bears would be gone. And apparently they knew it, too, and they weren't too happy, so they just decided to break down on, on the, the final night. And, and how lucky it was the final night, not like three days before. Yeah. So I have a question. What? Is, it, is this kind of set up like a sing-along? 
like a Frozen sing-along? Like, is that the structure that they're going for with the Disney classics? Are we done with the story? But You know, it may become more of a sing-along because they will be uh, historic uh Mm -hmm. there'll be historic Disney songs that we all know, but they're going to be reinterpreted into different genres of country music, uh, including bluegrass, pop country, Americana, rockabilly, and more. So, uh, you know, there'll be tunes that we know, but we just have to get used to how they're sung. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll give it a shot, but I am very nervous. (laughs) Just like, you know, you know how everybody goes into the carousel of progress and sings along with it. You know, I will you find yourself singing along with the new versions of the country songs? Probably if you go in there enough, you know, you will if you're a fan. Well, yeah, but we were we were a fan of the country bear attraction the way it was. So the jury's still out. I don't know. The original show was so funny. It was so bad it was good. And that's why I liked it. Because I like the so right. bad it's good aspect of it. Like and I hadn't seen it in a long time and then when the first time I saw it like when I was going back as an adult, I was shocked because I was like, I didn't expect some of the things that they were saying, but I thought it was so funny. And mm-hmm. now I'm just kind of nervous because that was, it, you know, it's just it wasn't a Disney song. So you just didn't expect it. It wasn't like Disney fied. Right. It was just like some other thing from another time. It was just still there. Cause well, yeah, I feel like that, but the whole, like, you know, it was kind of like a Southern vaudeville show, right? Yeah. Like, kind of. Right. Right. I, I would venture to say that maybe the younger generation cannot even understand what they're alluding to. That's probably like, true. You know, like the, you know, the irony of, of, of that, of that show, the country bear jamboree, because I don't think that they've been exposed to anything like that. So maybe it, maybe when we're long gone, it won't survive. Maybe this is what it needs, you know, to be more relatable. I just wish they would do it without. Yeah. The Disney songs like make new songs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know. Cause it seems like they do that a lot. Right. So, you know, we all felt, you know, uh, not all of us, but I'm sure a good number of us felt upset when Disney announced that Maelstrom was going and being replaced by Frozen Ever After. I was pretty upset. And yeah, I was mm-hmm. bummed out when it happened. And you know what? I like Frozen Ever After. It's it's a good it's a decent attraction. Um, do I think it stinks? No. Is it better than Maelstrom? You know, it's got its good points. Um, do I like that I don't get stuck at the end of Maelstrom having to watch the video about Norway anymore? Um, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's right. one thing that I like better. Uh, because I love everybody that tri- video, Tony. Everybody oh. tried to run out of the theater before they shut the doors. Because if they shut the doors, I kind of felt we're obligated stuck. to stay. No, you were obligated pretty much. And my mom obligated all of us. We were not allowed to walk out. She was like, excuse me, you sit down in this chair. I'm right, like, that would just be okay. rude. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure that whatever they do is going to be great. Um, (laughs) You know, what what I would like to do is let's try to start a pool. You know, what is the the tune that that is going to be left in in some, you know, aspect? Is it going to be blood on the saddle? It has to be blood on the saddle. Is it going to be all of the guys that turned me on, turned me down? It's got to be that one, too. (laughs) Well, it can't. It's only going to be one. It can't be all of them. It says one. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. 
I'm, it I'm, says including a familiar tune that fans may remember. Hmm. Watch it be the bare so. necessities. Well, we already know that's, that's going in there. Okay. Because they've recorded a version of that already, and Circle you can watch that if you go out. If you can go out to the Disney uh, YouTube page, you can see a behind-the-scenes section on the Country Bear Musical Jamboree recording session. Maybe one of the bears dies from alcohol poisoning, and they sing the Circle of Life. No. <laughs> they got that big now, jug up there. <laughs> if you do want to go see the Country Bear Jamboree, you can head on over to the Tokyo Disneyland, uh, where that version has been running since 1983 when their park opened. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Dis- yes. Disneyland had it uh, beginning in 1972, but they closed it permanently in 2001. Oh. So you're you're very lucky in Florida that you continue to get Country Bears in any format. Yeah, but they took our toads and they kept their toads. So it was a trade-off. It is. Yeah. It's always a trade-off. It's always a trade-off. So hopefully we get more information. And, you know, as the reopening comes closer, uh, which is currently scheduled for summer of 2024, um, you know, they'll release a track list and give us more details. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. I'll, right. I'm going to check it out. But I'm... I'm very apprehensive. All right. You're entitled to that. I am. Liza, you know, this is, remember when we had talked about little Tony who didn't like, uh, uh, you know, I had this little, little Walt that lived inside of me that didn't like change. Yeah. And uh, now suddenly that's become you, Liza, because you don't like the changes in Epcot. Uh, to their, uh, you know, evening extravaganza. Uh, you don't like the changes in Country Bears. So all of a sudden, this is like little Lyle who's, who's getting very upset that, that they're taking yeah. her attractions away. Well, there's a couple of them. Yeah, I'm still bitter about Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. Right. So bitter about that. And that's well-founded. Yeah, because they haven't been able to make a better show. I've yet no. to see. So I don't know. Maybe they'll bring it back. They realized what's going on. They took those nasty taco barges out, so they know. They understand. They did. They did. And the new barges that are out there are not that bad. Okay. They don't really inhibit the view, and they're a nice component of the show. Um, But you know what? You know what else is being brought back? And this was exciting news for me. Hmm. Um, In 2022, uh, H2O... The uh, bath company announced that they would no longer be producing uh, their soap and shampoo lines, which have been the uh, standards for the Walt Disney Company since 2006 when they started offering their products in Disney hotels and on the cruise line, which is where I first ran into their products. Um, They had been the official uh, uh, soap and shampoo and body wash for a while. 2022 comes along. They announce the company is closing. They go through a big sale. I think I spent $100 on their (laughs) products on Disney Plus to buy a whole bunch of them. Um, And, you know, we've been waiting for their inventory to run out. And they haven't yet. Last cruise I went on, they had the products. We were in the resorts in December. They had the products, well, towards the end of December at a um, home association meeting for the Disney Vacation Club. It was announced that the HTO, H2O products, uh, uh, I guess, uh, recipes, uh, the product line uh, had been purchased by Disney, oh and gosh. Disney will be continuing to produce the soaps 
uh, body wash and shampoos and probably body lotions that we have all grown to love. And we'll be keeping them in the resorts under the name of uh, just Disney uh, products. So H2O is gone. Um, but they will be listed as uh, Disney products in the room. They're going to have Disney branding over them, and they've actually started putting stickers over some of the bottles in the resorts. So, hey, so that's great news. Did it they is. did they keep the same formula? Do we know if it's the same smell? It, it is the same formulas. It is the same smell. Okay, so they didn't want to change it because correct that, that smell when you is smell vacation. it. It's Disney mm-hmm. Hotel. I'm staying in the property. It's it brings you back. The minute right. I went out and it's you know like my kids will use the shampoo sometimes because I've got like I don't know 500 bottles of it. They they'll take it out and they're like it smells like we're on vacation because it does it it does bring you back to being in the room. Even if you don't use it, you still smell it. You know exactly. somebody's using it. One of your kids is using it. Somebody. You, know, you guys I, inspired me. I'm using it tonight when I get off this call. Oh, my gosh. It smells so good. It smells like vacation. That's really what it is. And so I, I love it. Now, when they started chaining the condiments to the wall, the yeah. sham- shampoos, conditioner, body wash, I was a little, you know, upset about that because every now and then, you know, you, you need a refill. And nobody's coming around. Give me the refill sometimes <laughs> or, you know, but I mean, I understand it does help prevent waste because they probably did have a lot of wasted product or people taking mm-hmm. a bunch of products. So I, I get that, like for like environmental reasons or whatever. But you know what that means, Liza, right? What? You have to save your little bottles. I know. <laughs> I thought about it. Don't think I haven't, Crystal, thought of many times about putting that little metal pump into that little <laughs> hole of that shampoo. Thing. <laughs> Well, I I am just glad that I no longer have to ration my home supply of shampoo because I was using that like once a week. Uh, I wash my hair more than once a week, but I was only using the Disney stuff maybe once a week just to get that little touch of of vacation. Uh, And then my regular shampoo on the other days. But now maybe I could use the Disney stuff twice a week if I want to. Yeah, just I mean, make it extra special twice a week i mean and then when, when you go on a vacation you know i mean like crystal said you could just maybe bring something and get a little extra to take home get a little right extra something, something. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly bring one of your to-go bottles from home i don't know i think it's it's good i'm glad that they're keeping it this is great news yeah it is i agree all right. So, you know, we just talked about the H2O products and sometimes what's old is new again. And if you've ever been to Disneyland, you might have stayed at the Paradise Pier Hotel. Uh, but as of uh, January 30th, the Paradise Pier Hotel is no more. And it has officially transitioned into the Pixar Place Hotel, um, which is big because it brings an additional element of theming to the resort. And uh, Pixar Place Hotel is open. And how do you guys feel about that? Did you see the pictures, Crystal? I did. And you know what? Toy Story is probably my one exception. (laughs) I love Toy Story so much that I really, I I don't mind. This one, I don't mind. I think it's a great idea. I actually, but on the other hand, Disneyland does not have rooms and their resorts are not overly themed with Mm -hmm. IP. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like the Disneyland resort is not um grand californian is not so 
I kind of don't mind having one that kind of, you know, ultra themed, especially to something I like. All right. Yeah, yeah I this... don't think it's like ultra themed, though. I mean, well, it's more themed, I guess, than Grand California, because that's definitely just got a touch of Chip and Dale on the on the wall every now and then. But I mean, it's not like this. You know what this is? This is I, I don't know if it's theming is the right word, but it's a lot more whimsical. Uh, there are a lot of Pixar elements in the lobby. Uh, they do have some murals and some uh, hanging art, some mobiles that are in the uh, the, the lobby way. Um, they actually have one of the elevators has the house from up uh, that goes Aww. up and down. So kind of like it's floating in the sky. So that's pretty cool. That. Um, they have a big Luxo light, which is the uh, – the symbol of Pixar, the the little you know extendable yeah. light uh, with the up. with the Pixar ball, so they've got that in the lobby. Um, it's really it's really fun. Uh, they redid the pool area to the, uh, a, a Finding Nemo theme, so there's a lot of Crush and Nemo elements out Aww. there, and uh, it, the rooms have a little bit of touches of of the characters, uh, but it's it's not overly done. Uh, you know, it's it's tasteful. Um, and, uh, there's just a lot of bright colors and it's great. And the, uh, it was noted during the grand opening, uh, that they're going to have a character that's going to appear exclusively at Pixar Place Hotel. And the character made their worldwide debut, uh, at the grand opening. And that is Bing Bong from Inside Out. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, Bing Bong is going to be there, uh, I'm assuming for photo ops. And it'll, it's nice to see uh, to see that character join the, the ranks of the rest of them. Not a Bing Bong fan, but You're not. I, I just don't like that movie. I hate that movie. Um, no, wait, Bing Bong. Was that which one was that? Bing Bong is the elephant cat uh, combination from Inside Out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that movie. OK, so <laughs> I did not like that movie at all. I was just like, this is horrible. Why is this here? This reminds me of when they rethemed those incredible suites mm-hmm. um, at the contemporary kind of. It's okay. got it's got touches of like Pixar elements without it being really like kitty. Kind of like okay, so I love art of animation, but like the rooms, especially like the Lion King one, is so busy and it's all this stuff everywhere and flutsam and jutsam going on and you know it's just like it's it's wild in there yeah there's a lot going on in some of those rooms there's a lot going on in some of those rooms i think the nemo one's a little more toned down than the lion king one but but there's a lot but this is more um class like clean lines with touches of elements that are subtle but you see them and it makes you think of the movie that's kind of how the contemporary uh, themed rooms are, too. I thought those were done really well. I really mm-hmm. like I mean, them. I like the contemporary rooms. I think that we could have done without the characters on the walls mm. themselves. Yeah. Defi- I definitely could have you know, done without that. Maybe a pillow or just like a piece of artwork like we like what they have with Chippendale and, or like uh, the three caballeros. In, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it is done well. I just could have done without the literal image. I could have, I could, I would have loved to have felt as if I was living in their world mm-hmm. without seeing them there. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. kind of 
you know, 50s spacey yeah totally get that I totally get that and I love the bedding on here it's like little polka dots but every now and then one of the dots has that star on it like the Pixar ball and it's so cute I would love those sheets I would I would buy that those are cute I love that yep this is done great I would love this I've stayed at this hotel before it was re-themed um a, a few times um I wasn't really you know, it was just an average room at a pretty high price <laughs> for walking across the street to get like two intersections to get to the park. I'm like, well, I mean, I could, you know, couldn't really justify it at some point, like paying the extra money. But I think that this is at least a lot nicer. It's a, it's a lot nicer in these rooms. Right. And that's that's one of the drawbacks to Disneyland is they just don't have the properties um, you know, they're, they're in close proximity to the parks. Um, but when you go to Disney World and you have, you know, deluxe, moderate and value resorts, you really don't have that in California. Everything's a little more expensive. Uh, uh, Pixar Place is kind of like a high end moderate. Um, they do have interior hallways, so it's more like a deluxe in in that aspect. But, um, you know, it's it's just it's pricey. And, uh, you know, it is the cheapest of the three properties mm-hmm. that Disney owns. Yeah. But but even so, if you go there uh, for, you know, a couple of nights, you're you're going to feel it in your pocketbook. You definitely will. They got some cute little coasters with that Pixar ball. <sighs> I should have got those ears. Dang it. <laughs> Oh yeah, those the ones with the little, they're so cute and they don't they're make cute. them anymore. And I keep trying to find them on Etsy or somewhere. Somebody's selling them, or in like Poshmark or like with Macari, eBay. eBay. Yeah. yeah, but sometimes people jack the price up, and I'm like, no, I'm not. Yep, that's what they're gonna do. I know. I want them so bad though. Dang it. Anyway. All right. Well, All right. Uh, if you get a chance, take a look online. The Disney Parks blog has a nice little story about the uh, resorts opening. And if you can't get enough of the resorts and who can't, the Pixar Place Hotel soundtrack uh, is now available on streaming services like Apple and music. I'm sorry, Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Pandora and others. I don't know what others are, but, you know, <laughs> every oh. five year old kid knows how to get the streaming services. I only know like the big three. Yeah, me too. That's there's cool. All, there's all kinds like of that. other ones that I don't know about either, Tony. You, you're not alone in that. <laughs> Thank you. I don't have time to be cool. <laughs> I'm still listening to Pandora, so just let's move on. <laughs> I still have an AOL.com, so. <laughs> I, I still buy my music on CDs. That's That's how old I am. I buy it on CD and then convert it into Apple iTunes. So everyone thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> you are crazy. If that's what and I very well might be. Uh, so that's a, a lot of the Disney news uh, that's gone on in the past couple of weeks. Uh, but the big news today was uh, from a competitor. And uh, this is the and more part of the mouse and more. You know, we like to talk about the mouse, but we also like to keep an eye on what's going on elsewhere. And to that end, Universal Studios made a gigantic series of announcements earlier today. Uh, We're recording on January 30th um, regarding their new Epic Universe Park. And they put out everything from the park map 
uh, to additional concept art, to details on some of the lands, uh, a little more uh, information on their uh, their flagship hotel for the park. And uh, we just thought we'd touch base on this because this is going to be the place to be beginning the summer of 2025. So what do you ladies think about the Epic Universe announcements? I think my 10 and 8-year-old boys are going to be ecstatic. Mm-hmm. And that is mainly because they are Nintendo fans, yes? Yes. Are All they? Right, so they one, are Nintendo fans, yeah, of course. One Aww. of the announced lands uh, was uh, indeed Super Nintendo World. Uh, that is one of five themed lands that the new park will have. This is going to be the third Super Nintendo World uh, in any of the Universal Parks. The first one was in Japan. The second one is in Hollywood. The third one will be in Orlando. Uh, they have given no details uh, regarding rides uh, or what will be in there, but they did share with each one of these lands what the entranceway would look like. And the Super Nintendo World entrance uh, looks like you are entering in some of the pipes from like a uh, Mario Party type of type of environment. Um, so that's that's pretty interesting. Um, I know Liza will not be going to the Dark Universe section of the I park. Mean, I don't know. I, it depends. It just depends on what's going on in there. I'm going to have to find so, out. So do you not like classic monster movies like Frankenstein and the Wolfman? No, I can watch those because they're not really that okay. scary to me. I just don't like their Halloween Horror Night thing. Okay, well... This land is going to be more themed like uh, the movie monsters. So, you know, they took the Monsters Cafe away from Universal Studios, mm -hmm. uh, and it looks like they're putting the classic movie monsters over an epic universe. This new land is going to be, uh, I guess, kind of run by Dr. Victoria Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that in the original movies, it was Dr. Victor von Frankenstein. Or Frankenstein, if you are a uh, young Frankenstein <laughs> fan. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's a an, an homage to the classic monster movies of the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Um, but it, uh, you know, it's it's not supposed to be along the lines of a Halloween horror nights kind oh of jump in, your, jump in your pants and scare you kind of thing. I saw that's, a video of that. That that was insane. I was like, nothing new. If you want that, you can go to their new year-round property that they're building in Vegas that's going to be uh, like a scare fest. Yeah, they're putting no, a, a, new, a new area in Vegas that's going to be Universal-owned and run, and it's going to be essentially a Halloween Horror Nights year-round with, with rotating themes. Mm. Um, that sounds horrible. <laughs> it does. Who, who pays for that? There's that's people out there that are so excited about that. I'm telling you. Right? It's the yeah, same kind of people that travel with the Renaissance festivals. It's not It's not <laughs> this guy. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, um, not me either. So the third land is the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, Ministry of Magic. Uh, this is going to incorporate a lot of the Fantastical Beasts I'm excited uh, about that movie one. components. Uh, this will be, of course, the third Harry Potter park, uh, Harry Potter land in Florida, uh, joining Hogsmeade and Diagon Alley. So each of the theme parks uh, has their own special Harry Potter area. Uh, now, if you're going between Universal Studios and Universal's Islands, Islands of Adventure, you can take the Hogwarts Express over because those parks are right next to each other and it's a short ride. Uh, Epic Universe is different in that it is not going to be on the, um, the what, what we now know as the Universal footprint. Um, 
This is going to be a little further down I-4, closer to the uh, Orlando Convention Center and Icon Park. There was a giant plot of land out there. Universal gobbled it up, and this is where they're putting their fourth park. So I'm assuming there's going to be a bus ride involved uh, when you're going between parks. And uh, unless they do something like a Skyway, which I can't see them doing that, or a monorail. That uh, would be cool, though. It would be very expensive, but there are no plans for that at this time. Uh, so, it, uh, you know, details will be uh, relayed later on how you will be traveling between parks. But my guess is going to be it's it's buses. Um, yeah. The fourth themed area is going to be how to train your dragon, Isle of Burke. Now, Liza, you mentioned that you are not familiar with uh, how to train your dragon. It. I've never All seen right. It's a good good series of movies. I recommend you watch it. Um, some good messages there for the kids uh, and some fun animation. Uh, they did not mention any of the rides that will be there. Uh, but if you look at the artist rendering, there looks to be a roller coaster involved. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, more details will come. The last of the five themed lands is Celestial Park, which is where the park's entrance will be. Uh, And they did give some details about that area. There will be three rides there. Um, The first one is the uh, Carousel, uh, which is called Constellation Carousel. They will have two overlooks there. There's the Luna Overlook, which has like a a rivery section, like you're looking on Earth. Uh, And the second area is called the Chaos Overlook, uh, where there are sculptures and uh, a central point that will focus on the Helios Grand Hotel, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Uh, Joining the carousel, there is also the Astronomica Water Play Area. Mm -hmm. Uh, That uh, that just, to me, sounds like a giant germy splash pad. It's a splash pad. Yeah. And and that's, that's what it looks like in the artist rendering. Uh, and then there is another ride called Starfall Racers, which is a dual launch coaster. That's probably uh, fine. So, so you'll have a roller coaster right there at the park. They have announced that there will be a restaurant called the Atlantic Restaurant that will have a unique waterfront location uh, and an open view into the dining room. Uh, and the artist oh. rendering of that looks amazing. Um, it is just a large open structure. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming there will be glass there and it won't be that open. Uh, but it is uh, it, it looks stunning uh, if the artist renderings are anywhere near what the final uh, component looks like uh, it, it, you know, it will be a stunner. There will probably be glass at Central Florida. I mean, that is true. the rain, the torrential, you know, you never know. Um, what I'm excited about the most is that Wizarding World of Harry Potter Ministry of Magic. It takes mm-hmm. place in the 1920s Paris, which I think sounds beautiful. If they and they, if they do it just as good as they did the other ones, it's going to be great. I'm going to love it. Right. And the best part is that the entrance to the park features a portal, and it's got an obelisk with a golden hand clutching my wand, the Elder Wand. It looks really cool, though. I mean, I think that's going to be great. I feel like this is really going to give – they're coming for Disney. I really think with this they are. If this has family rides, that's the only thing. This needs to have rides that all ages – at least a, like one in each land, at least one that all ages can ride, like good rides. Right, Because. Right. They're lacking rides from kids, you know, from toddlers to like, right. I don't know, like what eight or nine, you know, like and, 
they're missing that's, that. That's my that's my main knock on Universal as a whole with what they currently have at Islands of Adventure and Universal Studios is I look at them as a thrill park and not a theme park. Is mm-hmm. most of their rides, you know, go like 120 miles an hour. You know, everything's about adrenaline. And they don't have yep. a lot of those mid-tier rides like a Pirates of the Caribbean or mm-hmm. a Haunted Mansion um, or, a, you know, even a Winnie the Pooh. Unless you're in the Seuss Landing section uh, where everything is geared towards and kids. really need a reverb. Right. You know, most most of their stuff is just about like adrenaline and going fast. And you're mm-hmm. right. They do need something for families. I'm with you, Tony, on this with my kids mm-hmm. at that at that age. I am not willing to pay the price point Universal asks for mm-hmm. because I know most of the attractions are not geared toward them. And mm-hmm. my knock on Universal personally always has been, with the exception of the Wizarding World of Harry Harry Potter, is that it's not experiential enough for me. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just jumping from one attraction to the other. There's not really too much immersion um it sounds like in these new lands though that's going to change in this oh yeah mm-hmm. i and feel I like think, that's what they're gunning for yes right and, and that's they're they're gunning for that main street kind of feeling when you walk into magic kingdom you're transported into another world and you the rides almost are secondary right yeah it's, even pirates of the caribbean like the the transport itself, the boat itself is it's it's you looking around, it's you taking it in, it's the sounds, it's the smell, it's it's everything. And I think that this if if they can do this successfully, you know, Disney really is in trouble. Yeah. Um, I think so too. And I think they learned their lesson with the Wizarding World of Harry Potter because when they opened that, that I think it brought so many more into those parks that really they were tired and kind of old at some point i mean let's just be real they they kind of were getting just like it's like sea world you know but it's just like those theme park rides like a six flags just with universal movie theme but then when they did that super immersive harry potter area that they really did a good job on that and people did take notice and i think that they saw that and i think that that's why this is happening. They want to make this a week long destination. They don't want it just to be like a two day destination. They want you to stay there, maybe even skip Disney and spend all of your time there. But to do that, you you know, family rides as, as you know, as the three of us are travel agents, um, I will tell you that universal used to be a one or two day trip. Universal is now definitely a multi-day destination. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have Islands of Adventure. They have the Universal Studios. They have Volcano Bay, which is their water park. Now with the addition of Epic Universe, that will give them four parks. You could definitely do five days there. You know, so now where where Universal used to be like a second thought type of thing, Universal is a destination trip of its own. People used to think that Disney would be like a week trip. There are people who can go now, you know, to Universal for four or five days. You know, for me, it used to be like, you know, maybe you do Universal and SeaWorld and Gatorland in one trip. You know, now Universal is a destination, you know, unto itself. Um, yeah. And and you're going to see people making pilgrimages to go to Florida just to go to Universal and not step foot on a Disney property, which, 
you know, to those of us who are Disney fans, sounds kind of sacrilegious. Um, but they're they're building, they're adding stuff, and they're making people want to stay. And, you know, this new park looks amazing. So speaking of places to stay, uh, Universal has announced some details on their flagship resort for Epic Universe, and that is the Universal Helios Grand Hotel. That's going to be on the opposite end of the park from the entrance. Uh, Now, you think it's that far away from the entrance. What do you do if you stay there? Well, you know what? You're going to get your own dedicated entrance to the park. And uh, this resort is going to be very elegant. It's going to have a Mediterranean-inspired feel to it. It's expected to open in 2025. It will have 500 guest rooms. Um, So that is coming. Uh, And earlier this year, Universal announced that they would have two additional hotels near that property. Um, And that is going to be the Universal Terra Luna Resort and Universal Stella Nova Resorts. Uh, They are both scheduled to open in uh, January or February 2025, so they'll open a few months earlier than the Epic Universe Park. Um, No word on when the Universal Grand Helios uh, Resort will open, but it, it does. It looks amazing from the pictures. It looks it looks luxurious. It looks more luxurious than I've seen from Universal. Um, where the heaven meets the earth, what they say. It so, reminds me of the Gaylord Palms. A like, little, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, yes, those dome tops. Yep, that dome tops and that big thing, the curved. It's kind of a little curved and it's it's just grand looking. It's huge. That's what it reminds me of. And that's a beautiful hotel. Geez, yeah, I hope they have, have a good restaurant. Does it have yeah, a good no. restaurant? I'm sure it will. Um, but it looks like it also has a Bellagio-style fountain out front, mm-hmm. um, which may be actually part of the theme park. So uh, if you look at the park map, it looks like there is some type of uh, uh, fountain and water area there. So perhaps there will be a, a nighttime show, uh, as we normally see in a lot of the theme parks. So maybe that will take place there. That's crazy. It's very vegas Yeah, very Universal Vegas-y. does not have nighttime shows like their nighttime show is just not great. So I, that would be good for them if they could do some kind of a nighttime show. Uh, people, I, I think people would really like that because they've never had a good one <laughs> that I've seen except the, the castle projection, but that was just seasonal and occasion occasionally. And it's like, if you weren't there that time of year, you didn't get to appreciate it. You didn't get to see it. So. Liza, do you know what Universal says? Hmm. They say that their nighttime shows are much better than your nighttime shows. Well, that's probably true since I'm I'm <laughs> not putting one on at this moment, but they oh. they should do something. Yes, they really should. That that movie one that they had, it just it was just terror. It had projection on a waterfall, and every now and then a couple of bottle rockets would go off. <laughs> well, we all we all know that is being replaced. Uh, I believe they're working on a replacement right now, and rumor has it that there will be drones involved as Ooh. well as uh, water, the, the you know the water screens and yeah, uh, projection yeah. stuff. So we'll see what's coming there. Yeah, I need but some as, explosions, fireworks. Yeah. As as far as Epic Universe goes, you know we have about a year and a half before it opens, so I'm sure we will get more details. Uh, as time goes on from the, the marketing folks at Universal, and we definitely do look forward to them. 
Oh, yes, I do. And and if you look from the behind the scenes sneak peeks that people have posted online, they are hauling butt on this project. And you know how fast Universal pops stuff out like they just like shockingly build fast because I guess we're so used mm-hmm. to Disney taking six years to build one coaster and Universal's going to do a whole land in a year, like a huge land like they're projecting a year and a half. That's crazy. Right. That's well, crazy. They get it done. Well, we'll see if they do. I don't know. I think that's that's an ambitious project, but they sure have covered a lot of ground so far. So they have. All right. Well, that gets us back into the swing of things. We hope everybody's doing well. And uh, thank you for joining me tonight, ladies. I would just like to remind everyone that, as always, our podcast is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner. You can check out their website, MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com, request a quote, and let Chris and her team plan your family's next vacation. You can find us on many of the socials. Just search on the Mouse and More podcast. And on behalf of Liza and Crystal, this is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.